Hi, this is Kirsty Bryan of Tales of the Walking Dead, and you're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box. Why you do that to Gregory? Come on, man. You're thinking outside the long box. <laughs> you should still totally read the comics. <laughs> So I feel like we should have probably reread some of the Sandman comic books. I did. Because I cannot for the life of me remember what I read because we read that book a while ago. And it was the first time I think I ever read it. Well, not only I did, but I've also read them several times. Right. So if you have questions, I can gotcha. <laughs> So we're, we're talking about the Netflix Sandman TV series. The Sandman is an American fantasy drama television series based on the 89 to 96 comic book written by Neil Gaiman, published by DC Comics. The series was developed by Gaiman, Goyer, and Alan Heinberg for the streaming service Netflix and is produced by DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers. Like the comic book, the Sandman tells the story of Dream slash Morpheus, the titular Sandman. The series stars Tom Sturridge as the title character with Boyd Holbrook, Vivian Archiampong, and Patton Oswald in supporting roles. So, I really enjoyed the series. Um, I think it's amazing. The If, if for nothing, I the series looks really, really good. Like, the dream world looks fucking awesome. They like, spent a lot of wheelbarrows <laughs> of money. Making it look good. Yeah. <laughs> So, I, I, for me, the hardest thing to watch, aside from from every episode, just individually, but the hardest thing is the tone changes in this series. Like, every episode seems to be a little bit different than the last episode. It doesn't seem to flow as well as I would it's like the, it to. That's how the comics are, too. But it, it, and, and that was the hardest thing for me, going from... Like, episode five, I think, four or five, was very... The one in the cafe was very, like... I don't... I didn't really... Like, I don't give a fuck. I know humans are shitty if you just let them be shitty and you take away their ability to check themselves. Like, of course we're going to be shitty. Like, it's just how we are. We're... In my opinion. Talking about the Hobbs episode? Uh, The one where... Uh, oh, no, no, you're talking about the... In, just in the cafe. It's set solely in the cafe. I can't remember so, what it's called. Yeah, we'll I talk can, about the differences. I'll bring it up for you. So, in the comic, that character is not all driven about humanity finding its truth. He's actually, like, just a... 24-7 is what yeah. the episode is. <laughs> He's like a Joker-like character, like, in the comics. He, like, he wants he wants to, like, dance in the, I think, like, in the comics, he wants to, like, dance in the burning rubble of the world or something like that. <laughs> he's, not, he's not all about, like, leading humanity to its truth. That's something they added for the show, which is fine. And you only get him for, like, really, you only get him for, like, an episode and a half. Yeah, and that's all he is in the comics, too. Like, he's just a, he's the character that has manipulated Death's Ruby, and, like, it's... He's 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 a issue of the death getting his like you know his uh what do you call so that just to clarify something real quick that's death's ruby or sorry not death morpheus okay dreams ruby okay I didn't know if maybe he got it from death no 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 his uh sorry I just said the wrong character's name <laughs> morpheus is ruby it's just who happens to have it and that person's manipulated the ruby and using it to you know wreak havoc and like all of uh, Morpheus's items wreak havoc in the mortal world. Like the helm is in hell, so it's a little different. Right. But like his sand in the comics, if you go back to it, has like 
twisted and deformed the person using them, and they're using it like a drug, and basically, like, the dream world is, you know, on top of the waking world, and she's like a blob that's, like, melting into the walls and stuff like that. It's like, it just, it causes, you know, it's doing what it shouldn't be doing, because it's not where it's supposed to be. Right, 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 right. And, yeah, like, in that comic, it's really cool, because the guy just sits in there and, like, devolves every person into, like, madness, essentially, it's just like what can happen with it's just like a repercussion which is why he's trying to get through be because it of what it can do in the mortal world but yeah they decided to do some weird like let's turn humanity back to its truth and evidently its truth is like stabbing their eyes out with forks like i don't i don't know that all of humanity is that jacked up i don't know that there's anything you could devolve me into or i'm like ah. <laughs> So, uh, before we get too deep, the first five episodes are all about Morpheus getting trapped by uh, a human who was trying to get uh, his sibling death. Um, yeah, they were trying to manifest death because the the human, uh, his, his kid had died in war and he was trying to get death to bring his son back. That didn't happen in the comic books either. No? He was just trying to be immortal. Ah, well, well, there you go. And he only had one son in the comics. He only had one son in the show, too. He had two. No, one no that's what he said, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I only had one son, uh, which is sad as fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, so he catches Mor- Morpheus by accident in the first uh, episode, and he imprisons him for 100 years. And the first half of that is figuring out how Morpheus is going to get out, and then once he gets out, he has to find his stuff that was stolen from him. It took a shit, man. The the uh, was she a mistress of the guy, or was she like his girlfriend? And then she she was pregnant. And he was gonna kill him. Like I don't, I didn't understand well, that. I bit. think it was his girlfriend. Like, <laughs> yeah. He didn't seem to have a wife. So <laughs> so she gets pregnant with uh, with this guy. Uh, what the hell is his name? Brought Roderick Burgess is the bad guy from essentially the first like two or three episodes. Um, he gets his wife pregnant or his girlfriend pregnant, and she escapes with Morpheus's helmet, his helm, his sand, and the ruby. And she takes her kid off to protect the kid because Burgess was going to essentially kill both of them. Um, but that's the first half. Like it's just the the family, the Burgess family, dealing with their bullshit, um, watching the son grow up after Roderick dies because he slams him into Morpheus's cage. And then Morpheus escaping and figuring out how to get his shit back. So that's the first five episodes. Um, I really like Jenna Coleman, and her time as Constantine was fun. I enjoyed that. I didn't understand it, but I liked it. It sounded like she was just a descendant of John, which is weird because you. I think no, it's, everything- a, it's supposed to be John. Is it? The, in the comics. Oh. That's why I didn't really get it. Like, I'm totally fine with it. It doesn't, like, delude the story or anything. But, like, I don't understand why they were like, no John Constantine. Like, because he's in the comic books. Like, that's who it, that's just, they just switched the characters out. <laughs> yeah, see, this in the description on, on, uh. Oh, sorry, um, in the one where, because I, I don't know people's names very well. When he meets the, the female Constantine in the modern times, that's supposed to be John. The one in the olden times that happens in, like, the Hobbes episode, that was how it's supposed to be. So the description <laughs> in the Wikipedia says, Jenna Coleman as Johanna Constantine 
uh, and the cult detective. Coleman plays two versions of the character, the present-day descendant based on John Constantine. That should be John Constantine. And her identical 18th century ancestor lady, Johanna Constantine. And that was done correctly. So the so the present-day descendant based... Uh, yeah, I don't know. So The present-day descendant in the comics is Constantine? Yeah. And then maybe they want to use this fake or this different Constantine for TV shows. Maybe they couldn't get the licensing or something. I don't know. I mean, it's the it's the same fucking name and everything. <laughs> yeah, but it's an individual character. Like, I think it's how it works. But huh. I don't know. But because like, I have no idea why you would want to take out something that would potentially be a fan like boost. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like maybe they could just use the the name like it but they couldn't use john constantine so because i it's been a long time since i read the book i just understood it to be that she was john constantine's ancestor or or progeny uh, and i assume you know that's what, what i mean and trying, i just that was yeah. easy that was an easy enough fucking buy for me i assume that's what they're trying to do so uh um yeah i enjoy i like jenna coleman i, I loved her her time uh in doctor who she was still um, good but that that seemed Aside from the fifth episode, which is the diner one, that kind of threw me completely out. Uh, it was hard to watch that one. It was essentially just sex and people getting chopped up, and and I just wasn't as interested in that episode as I was the rest. I feel like the front half was pretty cool. You got to learn about who Morpheus was a little bit. You got to learn about this crazy fucking family and some of his things. And I really enjoyed the first half of the of the season. It's one of the more iconic comic book issues in the series because of how like brutal and crazy it was at the time i think so they had to give it like its full breadth and like the tv show but yeah i agree it's not like it's not really necessary like i mean besides it's besides well that's what it's supposed to be yeah i think like you're supposed to get the idea of like it's important that he gets this back because like it will wreak havoc in the mortal <laughs> world and also in the comic, I'm almost positive. This I don't didn't read again, but I'm almost positive that the ruby is being held in a uh, JLA like containment like area. Oh, so like that too. I realized they didn't do, but that was probably due to licensing and shit. Like, I mean, it's 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 produced by DC. I, I I you have to assume that they have all of these fucking lines. They do Constantine on on TV shows. Yeah, maybe it's just they didn't <laughs> want to put characters in that then they might have to reproduce in some other show. Yeah. They want to be fully open. I don't know, but like there was a lot of weird decisions to change things. I didn't just like I don't understand why they offed Gregory. That doesn't happen in the comic books. <laughs> like they just they were just like fuck this gargoyle. Like. <laughs> That was so sad. <laughs> yeah. In the comics, he just takes down, like, uh, I forget what he calls them, but they're like, Cain and Abel have, like, contracts that they were originally presented, and that's what he reabsorbs in the comics. Mm. Like, but he doesn't kill Gregory. Like, <laughs> so, I was just like, why did, he, why did they do that? So, uh, what, what keeps me going, aside from the imagery, which, again, I think is fantastic. Yeah. Are those singular moments, those moments where and I might I might break up because I hate talking about death. It's not a it's not a fun thing to talk about, but um that's why episode six and we'll get there is so hard. But like those moments where you you meet this CGI fucking dragon and I've and, and you know what I mean? Normally you, you wouldn't give a fuck because this is a fake character. You can you know it's fake. Dragons don't fucking exist. So it's, it's gargoyle, bro. It, it, well, whatever. Yeah. Gargoyle dragon. <laughs> but like just watching 
um, uh, Abel, Abel, right? Watching Abel like mourn and be sad and Cain be so angry that it's happening. Like that brings you into that scene of like, oh shit, like this is important. Like this, this fucking gargoyle means a lot to these people who, who murder each other fucking every day. It seems or Cain kills Abel. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the Bible tale. But, um, like it, that's those moments of singular times, are what make me go deeper into the story. And I don't, who knew that you would care so much about a fake gargoyle like that? To yeah. me, it sucked me into that episode. It was really cool. And then watching him. That's probably why they did it. Watching him bring back an egg later to them and then, you know, Abel get killed again because he didn't want to name it correctly. <laughs> Which that's pretty true to the comics. <laughs> Kane kills Abel over basically anything. <laughs> but so he ends up getting his. Helm back in hell. Uh, I I wasn't when when he and the devil went Lucifer when he and Lucifer went to fight. Like I thought I was gonna get this cool like dramatic fighting scene, and it ended up being like a Dungeons and Dragony kind of chess set kind of thing. It's the oldest game. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And but I, that Lucifer was also was cool. another weird thing that they changed. I didn't understand why because that doesn't happen. So the game happens in the comics, but he doesn't battle Lucifer. He just battles the demon that has his helm. There's no, like, choosing of your champions. <laughs> They're some of my favorite characters in the Sandman world. They also were, like, predated a little bit, like, in the House of Mystery, and the House of um, Secrets, comic book titles. But they're like the uh, – do you remember the Tales from the Crypt? Uh-huh. Like, Bony Skeleton? They're, uh-huh. like, the version of that for the House of Mystery and the House of Secrets for comic they're books. They're, like, the narrator kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So it's – that's why I love Sandman so much is because he doesn't distort or change DC like history. He just includes it like in his world and gives different like definitions to it. That's where you get the Sandman episode too of like the cheesy like he it's distorted again in the comics because or in the show because the, her friend that's pregnant in the like in the TV show is actually being kept in a dream state constantly pregnant and her husband is the fake Sandman, but that's also the real DC Sandman comic book character that predates these comics. And it's two demons are holding them captive there. I forget their names. It's not just the ones. Right. They change random things for TV, but or for you know the show. Right. But I think for the most part, they're all good change. They're well. I don't really understand the double one. Like I don't understand why that was necessary. But so to to me the. What it seemed like is if we're going into season two, um, it seemed like, and and we'll talk about it a little bit more here in a little bit as well, that Lucifer and um, um, the two two last ones, um, fuck. What are the two the the one at the very end? His the one that hates him. He's trying to. She's been trying to kill him the whole time. His other two siblings, the two fucking crazy ones, Desire and. Despair. Despair. Though it feels like that's setting up something longer for for maybe the next season. Um It's not so much they're trying to kill him, they're just like fucking with him. <laughs> it seems like they're trying to kill him. I again I haven't read the book in a long time, so maybe they well, are they just kind fucking of, with him. I mean him. they kind of are, but like it's more that they're just constantly like jabbing him in a way that has like very serious consequences that could kill him. <laughs> So he gets his helm back from Lucifer after beating her with hope. 
yeah. is is really what it, what it boiled down to. Um, he gets his ruby back from John yeah. um, <clears throat> after the after the diner scene during the diner episode. No, they battle in the dream world, and for some reason, he destroys the ruby. Oh, he crushes the ruby. That's right. And gives, essentially, him all his power yeah, back. Yeah, Dream just reintegrates with the power that he put into it. And not, then, not a good decision to make. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets his sand back in in episode six. Um, he gets his sand back first, doesn't he? No. No, he gets his... Does he? Oh, he does. You're right. With Constantine. Yeah. You're right. You're right. He, with Jenna Coleman's character. Her girlfriend is who had it. You were talking about how in the comic book it made the one person go crazy. <clears throat> it was the same shit. She was all skin and bones, and, and that was essentially the only thing keep her in, keeping her alive. Uh, and he did what it seems like anybody would do and let the fucking person die and rest in peace. Yeah, that was a tough episode, too. I mean, they're all kind of like a little bit tough, and like as it progresses, you get to see the weird ways that like characters are integrated. Like Rose Walker is the girlfriend of the girl from the diner, right. stuff like that. Like you get to see Gilbert's storyline is one of the more tragic ones in the comic, and but still really cool to see on the TV show. They did the Corinthian really well, although he's much less like an adversary in the comic books and more of just like an escaped crazy kid. <laughs> And like Constantine, or not Constantine, Dream's just like hunting him down. And when he finds him, he just takes him back. It's not like this weird, like back and forth battle. Well, I didn't understand. Like originally, when Dream sends the Corinthian back, he just left again. Like, what the fuck is the point of if if he can just leave again? Why send him back? He didn't send him back again the first time. He gets destroyed by the. Uh, the oh, you're fucking right. The girl sent yeah. him back. Dream went to get yeah, 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 to, yeah. to send him back, and then that's when he gets captured. And then he stills like he like kind of dodged a bullet there. And then he tries to mess with the girl who has the like gem of protection. Yes, and, and she essentially yeah, destroys. Him. Aces yeah, yeah. himself. <laughs> so the back half, he's got all his shit back. He's essentially built his. Uh, kingdom back up um, and it's more I think this is more about him trying to find who he is and trying to battle with the fact that everybody around him in the hundred years that he was captured has changed at least a little bit and he's like angry at that he thinks that himself included he's been created to fulfill only a certain purpose and that he shouldn't stray from that purpose and as one of the endless, he like, he's very like, this is my thing. I do my thing. Right. And like, he's kind of like a self discovery of someone who should at this point know themselves. Cause it's been around forever since before <laughs> the earth. Right. <laughs> so they're the endless of all life in the DC. It's not earth is not like where they exist. Oh, okay. They're like a, yeah, they're eternal in the comics. They're in some ways like way more powerful than gods, and some ways not. Like they don't have like the raw power that they do, but in their own like way and realms, like they are the absolute authority. And the second that life came into existence, like that's what death says. Like that's you know I've been there since then, and will be there since it's over. So like they just exist because those concepts exist around right. living things. Right. So. The sixth episode was probably for me the hardest to watch in in that it was it was one of the best episodes in my opinion, uh, and that's the one where he meets with his sister Death, 
Um, it's the Hobbs and, episode too, and I think that learning, which is my favorite comic book, as well. that's the one where he he his friend they meet every hundred years. Um, listening to Death talk about the process and and how she's there for people at the end and and because he De- Dream essentially feels really alone yeah. <clears throat> and he doesn't understand how she can be. She's doing a service that seems so like negative and so gruesome that she's able to to understand it and keep a you know keep a, a good head on her shoulders and help people walk them through. Uh, and he doesn't get that; he doesn't understand that. And so this episode, the first half of it essentially is her walking, and you don't even realize it's happening until it fucking happens, and I think that's what got me, is that she's walk, She, I think she walks through like six or seven people, and they're just, they just die. She's, yeah. she's walking them to, I assume to heaven. I don't, I don't know. You don't, I guess you don't find that out, but she's in the angel Whatever of death. Whatever the afterlife is. Yeah. yeah. She's the angel of death, essentially, and she's there at the time where when it's over for you. And I think she's found a lot of solace in that. And he's trying to figure out how to get to some version of that without feeling alone and by himself and watching her go. As soon as I heard the baby cry, like that was, that pulled my heart a lot. And it was really, really hard for me because you at that point, I think you've, you'd seen her deal with two other deaths already. And so you knew instantly like, Oh shit, this fucking little baby's next. And so that's hard. <clears throat> that's hard to watch. Um, and and death is not always a fun thing to talk about. It's a necessity. I think it's an. It's you should. You should. You should talk about it. Um, you should plan for it. <laughs> um, but it is not an easy thing to talk about, especially when you've been affected by it. Yeah, you should plan for it as much as needed. Yes, it's one of those things that I think is like. It's so grandiose and like its scale and lack of understanding, but it's like also just like because it's one of probably like the major, as far as history goes, like the major, you know, uh, what would you call it? Like ideas that humanity has grasped with, right? Right. And rightfully so. It's like unknown, but it, in my mind, it's like I mean, it's obviously tragic when someone dies that you love. Like that's tragic, but. Beyond that, it's something I just choose to spend like very little time on. Beyond like that, it's going to happen, and right. it sucks when it happens around you. And like you should prepare in as much as you don't want to put people into debt when you die, right? Uh, which is not hard to do in today's society. Um, but beyond that, I just choose to give it very little of my attention because it's just like it is a thing that is happening regardless of what I do. I mean, I give it as much attention as I don't meander into the street without looking <laughs> right but right right it's just like i'm gonna die it's gonna happen when it does happen it'll suck for other people <laughs> it won't suck for me because i'll be dead <laughs> so, and i and i try to avoid putting myself in a situation where it'll be a horrible way to go i think for me more more when i talk about like you should talk about and prepare for it is not like be insane about it or anything but you know no no if yeah. you if you're an adult you should probably think about having a will or a, at least a living will. Well, yeah, that's or, the responsible amount right. of attention I think that it requires. And and like <clears throat> I have kids and so I mean it's not it's not something I ever go to them and be like I'm going to die like watch out like but those are things that you broach when they like those are hard concepts 
that you don't even think that you're going to have to have conversations about until your six or nine year old is like, well, what, what's death or, or how does this happen? Or why does this happen? And though, and those are, you have to prepare for things like that. Like you, you should at least have a modicum of, of some kind of a prepared yeah, yeah. or something like that. It's the, like a, that's a responsible, like approach. To it. Like I said, like there's a responsible amount of attention that it requires. Right. And I think it's unhealthy to go beyond that. I agree. And some people do and get like, you know, caught up in, you know, the potential of it. But it's just like, yeah, I mean, to some degree you have to, if you have kids, prepare yourself to talk to your kids about it. If you have shit, prepare, you know, where your shit's going to go, <laughs> you know, hopefully get some kind of financial plan put together. So it's not like a burden on those other people who are still around when you die. Right. But I mean, beyond that, I think it's just like, there's not. Because it's coming. You know it's coming well, it's at some point. Coming you in you, it's the one thing you can't know because <laughs> no one's ever lived through it to tell you about it. And the people who come back are probably delusional or full of shit. So, or, or both. Yeah, that was that was the hardest and saddest episode to watch for me. And, and yeah, it's, the, it is. And the character <clears throat> who plays Death... Um, who I'm looking up now, Kirby Howell Bap- Baptiste, um, does an amazing job of not feeling cold. Like she doesn't, you can tell that she's, she has a job to do and that she really, maybe she doesn't care about the individual person, but she cares about humanity. And you can tell that it's not just a cold thing. Like, when you see death in nor- like everyday literature, you see a giant dude in a cloak, and he's got a big-ass Sith, and he literally comes, and you fucking, you're dead. Like, you leave. There's no humanity. There's no care behind that. And she does an amazing job of making you feel that presence and making you feel like each individual thing that she does has a reason and a purpose for how these people are dying, and she's there to help. And I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, I agree. I think her. I think I would have. She did a great job, and I'm fine with the actress they chose. I think I would have preferred to see a little bit more of the comic book version of it because I think that did an even better job. And the comics, she's like a mousy little like goth girl, and I think that stripped a lot of power away from like what you perceive as death. Whereas like her character still comes across as like very confident, very like powerful you know what i mean which i i don't think neil gaiman was going for that in the comics he was going for like the most stripped away version of that possible and she's just a little too confident of an actress and like i mean she still did a great job like still was cool but seeing the comic version i think i would have liked to have seen you know like some like 14 year old kid who just randomly has it all together like type of thing (laughs) That's what you get in the comic books. It's like death comes across as like, you know, adolescent who just happens to be like the wisest person out there. Right. And in this case, you get this person that's like, it's not surprising that she's this like super wise person. Right. I think it, for me, it was surprising because it, for again, when I normally. It's surprising as it's a dichotomy from the regular version of death. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because, because it seems so different from what we're used to seeing in death. That it's that seems this seems better 
<laughs> of course, like you said, nobody knows what happens at that point when you're dying, so it could be the worst fucking thing possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this seems comforting. This seems comforting in thinking, like, fuck, maybe that could be something that happens. Like, that's cool. Uh, rather than some big dude in a, with a fucking Sith coming after me. Who knows? Oh, I mean, neither are cool. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I hope, I hope, you're going to die eventually. I, I hope mean, it is see, what it is. I hope to see absolutely zero person. <laughs> Like, seeing any kind of, like, spectral deity of any sort is, like, not <laughs> the path I want to be on when I wake up. Because that's, like, the instantaneous realization of, like, this gets good or gets real, real bad. <laughs> Quick. Yeah, like, and I don't think the possibility of it getting real, real bad is worth the possibility of it being real, real good. <laughs> I don't know, man. Those demons in hell didn't seem to didn't seem to be living too bad of a life. Because they're the demons in hell. <laughs> they didn't show you like the tortured people in hell. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> All the only one you saw was like his ex girlfriend who's been trapped in a cage for ten million years. Right. But no, there's some like pretty horrific like human scenes in hell, which um in season two we'll probably see like the next meeting between Lucifer and uh, Morpheus, and yeah. then there's a little bit more depiction of people and their torment and hell then. But it's like, yeah, like, because, like, here's the thing is, too, like, if that exists, it's based on some standard that we, it doesn't even apply to us today because at what point was it formed? Like, you could be the best person in the world and be just completely not on any course to go to heaven based on some random path that was laid out by some <laughs> God that we don't even know about. You know, it doesn't have to be the Judeo-Christian God. Like it could be Ukin Martin that we've never heard of. That's just like, you didn't kill and eat babies, which is what I like. So now you burn eternally. Like you, you just don't know. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right, right. That's why I hope to see nothing. Like, what? And that would make way more sense than something we did understand, because, like, ah, just, how would you know? So, <clears throat> the back half, before I get into how it was rated, the back half after this episode is essentially all about the Vortex. Yeah. Um, which I didn't really understand. I get this, like, one person every century, it sounds like, is created or, or about born. One, yeah. Well, it's, that's... His understanding of it too. It's like they does. He doesn't understand why it happens. Like they're just so. It's like the one. Like the one can (laughs) manipulate. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially, she can manipulate dreams and stuff just like Morpheus can, but she doesn't have control over it. Right. It just happens, and it tears down the mental fabric of all the people who exist. So it's just like, it's bad. <laughs> now why that's necessary? I don't know. But they, they don't know. But he doesn't know either. So it's like, he's like, I just know I got to kill it. The thing I don't understand is kill that it with fire. the thing I don't understand is that it seems like if she, what's, what was her name again? Uh, Rose Walker. If Rose is able to break down, his dimension, his realm, and the the waking the waking realm, like why despair and um, the f- desire, why they're trying to help? Because I it would be a smart thought that she would also be able to destroy their realm. <laughs> okay, so why well, she can't? She would just destroy this galaxy of people. But like I said, they're endless they're outside of this like the the earthly world 
even though all of the storytelling is taking place here is like a tiny minutia of what they oversee. They oversee all they're part of all life everywhere. So <clears throat> us bleeping out of existence doesn't actually negatively affect them that much. And even Morpheus, even the dream world getting torn down in our sphere of like importance wouldn't actually diminish him in reality. It would just diminish. That's why when you see like, the dream world get distorted around her and all of her friends get like sucked into some vortex and then he's just there. It's like, he's above that. That's just negatively impacting people on earth and the people closest to her at this point. But also this is backstory in the comics that you don't have because it hasn't happened yet. So they have manipulated this whole situation to where she is actually his blood. And like there are, there are consequences for him for them harming someone in their bloodline. Sarah, the, the vortex is. Yeah, you learn that at the end of the episode. That's why they're doing it, because they're, they're fucking with Morpheus. Like, had he killed her, there would have been consequences for him, which include bad things that I'm not going to get into, because the show is probably going to get into them, <laughs> and I don't want to spoil things for people. Yeah, because you learn that at the, end of the se- at the end of season, episode 10, you learn that yeah. they're children of the Endless. And so, like, that's what they're doing. You know, she's a dream vortex. She's not a desire vortex or what. I don't even know if those exist. <laughs> I don't think they talk about them in the comics. You don't, you don't hear. It was, it was kind of pointless to put despair in there. I mean, you see her for all of, like, five minutes, and then you never see her again. I would have rather just focused on desire. Desire? Yeah. Desire. But. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Like, I don't, I don't understand. It seems like all they're trying to do is destroy him, and and yeah, which is what they're going for. <laughs> I don't really know why they hate him. They think he thinks he's better than them. Which I mean, he's older, and he's technically is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't even like you don't even see him interact with any of those people in this context. Like, you don't get that backstory because it seems like he's you just do. his own dude, and he's just. Doing his own thing. You do as the story goes on. Um, you get to see how they've interacted a couple times before, and like, I mean, for some reason, it's just. I think it's just snotty, like younger siblings fucking with their older sibling. <laughs> like, like that's just how it's breaking down. And he's like over it. He's like, I got shit to do. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, stop. And then they talk about the prodigal one, the the chosen one like four times and you think that that's going to be something and then it just never is. Uh, yeah. They talk about some, so in the scene with, in the episode with death, um, she says, Oh yeah. You know, we had a couple of family dinners, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, everybody was, there Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause the, one of the endless, um, abandoned their He's role. like missing or something. He's not missing. He just abandoned it. He just took off. They like, called him the the prodigal one. Yeah, like the prodigal son. Like yeah. in the Bible, the prodigal son comes But you would, you, that's what I'm saying. That's what That's what I, I was meant to like. I, it, when I heard it, I was like, oh shit, we're going to get somebody else. And then it just never Yeah, you will. And as, the, as they continue, you will. Like, you get to meet the other endless too, like Destiny and stuff like that. So it's like, they're, I think they're just focusing on the relationship between... Um, Desire, death, and morphine, which is what the comics focus on at this point right. as well. I mean, they're literally going like comic by comic. Like the the episode did that. Like the, those episodes, that's how the comic breaks down too. Huh. They make change, subtle changes, right. but it, for the most part, it's like it's linearly happening, happening like it happens in the comic books. They went to the serial convention. Yeah, that happens. 
<laughs> I was like, fucking serial. That's funny. <laughs> and serial killers, like, are in in his world, are like a product of the Corinthian being around for 150 years, like, kind of creating that issue. Right, right. The Corinthian's like a horrifying character as well. Just his existence, like what he does, and that like his existence in the world creates other people who aspire to be him. <laughs> As opposed to like fear him and dream what's where he's supposed right. to be. Huh. <clears throat> but I mean, again, the whole back half dealt with the vortex and dealt with uh Walker finding her brother, uh getting him away from his abusive uh foster parents, who the which the Corinthian actually does for her. Um and it deals with how The Corinthian does a lot more shit in this in the comics than he does not do. <laughs> Like he's not some like behind the scenes manipulator trying to like that does that's that was like a lot of they like added a foe that's not a foe. <laughs> like he's like in really no way, shape, or form capable of hurting Morpheus in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. I mean, it didn't seem like he was in the. I mean, except for the one knife scene. Besides um, the fact that he led them to like where the vortex was because that would weaken him, right? And it's like in reality, like. Like I said, like this world is like fairly inconsequential on the grand scale of things. So it's like, in the comic, like he's not some like adversary. Like he is, there really isn't an adversary in the comics. Like besides Destiny being a, like a constant like, or not Destiny Desire being a constant t- dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, huh? Well, I mean, so you find out that. From the, I think it was from like the first episode, Unity. I can't remember her last name. King K. There you go. <clears throat> she was the the one. She was the child who couldn't wake up. Um, she ends up being the grandmother of the Vortex. Um, and you find out that she was supposed to be the Vortex in yeah. her time, but she slept through it because Morpheus was captured for a hundred years. Yeah. And so <clears throat> instead of Morpheus killing uh, Sarah. He essentially has to kill Unity. He, she gives up her life for her granddaughter. Yeah. And so that kind of resolves the whole issue. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, there was nothing nothing too fancy or crazy about that. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, I love the story. I think they did a great job of like being true to the comic book storyline. Like I said, they changed little things that are inconsequential, uh, but which I don't understand why they did because they are inconsequential. <laughs> I think they would have just been like nods to the fans that they stuck with it. But I guess there's probably some reason financially that that didn't happen. <coughs> I don't know what it could be. <laughs> so what do you, so what do you give it? it uh, Rotten Tomatoes season one, the critics give it an 86 and the audience gives it an 83. Um, I'm higher than that. I was going to be in the low 90s again for the series. For me, I am not basing, not knowing. I mean, obviously, I know it's based off of a comic book, but not knowing that it seems like it singularly was like single every episode based on every comic book as you went through one to ten. That to me was, tells me why it felt a little disjointed and the tone was a little weird um, because that makes sense. It's supposed to be every issue of a comic book. And so, well, it's like, so like in the comics and I think the show does it correctly. We just don't have enough of the show yet. Right. In the comics, as each comic book goes, there's subtle tiebacks to other comics. Right. And as you get deeper and deeper in, it becomes more of a 
linear story. And uh, you're getting the same, like, later on, like, we will revisit the deal that he made with Shakespeare, and that comes back, and we revisit his love that's stuck in hell for 10 million years. Right. Like, and, like, things just start to connect linearly as the story continues. But yeah, right now you're getting, like, little tidbits of a story that spans like the entire human experience. <laughs> right. So it's going to be disjointed, but that's how the comics are. And like, I think it, it the, actually, they could have avoided it and done it a different way to try to make it more suited for, you know, episode to episode, but they didn't. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. And that's what I think is probably nailing it. Those extra 10 points that I'm giving it. And evidently you're giving it from the critics and just normal viewers is they don't know that either. Right. And if they stick with the show, I think that they – if they keep doing it like they're doing it, I think people's ratings will go up as well. That's the only knock that I gave it. It, 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 it was it, – the the way it was shot, how it looks, the characters, like it's, it's such a good series. Like if you're not into gore and – I mean you don't get it through the whole series, but I mean it's there. There's people chopping themselves up, stabbing themselves in the eye. There's eyeballs. I mean it's, there's, it's there. But it's more about the bigger concepts of, of death and, and, and dreams and things like that and, and – I, I that's why I enjoyed it, and it looks great. They whoever shot it and and edited, I mean, it looks really good. Um, yeah, I I mean, if we're both gonna give it low nineties, we'll just give it a ninety three. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the low nineties for sure. It could have been better. It could have been done a little bit better, I think. But I don't I don't think much more with that with sticking to you know the actual like comic books. I don't think they could have done it too much better. So we didn't delve into the Hobbs. Did you want to talk about the Hobbs before we we end this episode? I oh no, it's just, it's just my fav- favorite in in the first like trade. So the first like story arc, it's my favorite comic book, and I think they did it very well in the series. Is all I was saying. It's like you get this, you get to break the like icy exterior of Morpheus a little bit, and you get to see that like a human that he was trying to like figure out the human experience through one individual when in reality you kind of get more of an ex you know a, a deeper understanding of his experience through that one individual right. so it's like i think they just did a really good job of it yeah i think that uh him coming out with a friend yeah. <laughs> seemed pretty cool um yeah i if you haven't seen it you should go watch it. I mean, I didn't. I don't know that this was even on my sphere. I knew it was coming out. I don't know that I knew that it was already out. Uh, by the time we were like, we should watch the Sandman. I was like, oh shit, I forgot that was even out. I did just because it's one of my all-time favorite comics, so I've been waiting for it. And they also have been doing the Audible um, audiobooks for it too. Mm-hmm. I think they just did the second, not just they did the second. Um, Full story arc as well. Oh yeah, yeah. They were promoting that at uh, San Diego Comic Con actually. So and those are amazing too. If you want like to go in a little bit more on them, they're like full casts, like full sound quality, like they're like plays essentially right. instead of audiobooks. But they're really good too. I have them both. Nice. Well, go check out the Sandman on Netflix. You won't be disappointed. If you don't like gore, maybe skip episode five. <laughs> 
you should you should at least watch a recap of it because it's important. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really really good. There's a lot of a lot of good story, a lot of good imagery that you're you're missing out if you haven't seen this. I I list two random people who I never thought would ever watch something like this started talking about it at work, and so uh, it's because of the concepts. I think it's something that a lot of people can delve into, um, and I think that's cool. So go watch it. We gave it a 93, um, which is pretty high. Um, but again, all of our it's one, two, three, four, fifth place in our series, right under history of swear words, uh, which is fucking crazy high and right above firefly. Um, so, but fifth on our, on our list here, uh, go check it out. TOTOB.com. Google us thinking outside the long box. You know where we are. We're about to do an interview here pretty soon, but I think we're going to maybe jump into one more episode before we do that. Um, but till then I've been Juan. I'm Doyle. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube for behind-the-scenes information and more content! Thinking Outside the Long Box is a barren space production! Ah! <laughs>